Welcome to our podcast here at Encounter Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We pray that as you listen to this message, you will not only be challenged, but changed. Our desire is to be a place where life starts, love happens, and purpose is revealed. If you're in our area, join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. and every first Wednesday at 6.45 p.m. For more information about our church, you can visit us at EncounterChurch.today or follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Periscope. Just search eChurchBR. We invite you now to open your hearts to receive what God has for you. Here's today's message. We thank you for the privilege that we have to be in your house. Wow, you are awesome, God. And we just love you with everything that we are. We pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts. You would speak to our lives today. We came in one way, but God, we're going to leave another. Because you're going to touch us. You're going to change us. And we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, shout amen. Amen. Come on, high five two people around you and say, don't worry, be happy. Come on, that's just a little song I wrote. You may want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Come on, I'm really enjoying Summer Love, and I love this series that's not really a series. And I'm really enjoying and having a lot of fun being able to just preach random messages and come at you. And and man, I'm totally pumped for the next two weeks too, because I get some Sundays off. And I'm so excited that Christy is going to be preaching next Sunday. And Pastor Pete's preaching the following. And so that is awesome. They've got some great words that are going to be coming to you. So that's something to be greatly excited about. Really today, we're almost taking a sidestep from the message last week. We talked about doubt last week, something that we rarely hear about in church, but something we need to deal with because it's so important that we trust Jesus. And today I want to talk about worry. Worry, worry. I know pretty similar, but different. And I was actually worried. I laugh about that. I was actually worried about preaching this message. I said, Kelly, man, if I'm following up last week with this, do you think it's too much the same? And and I got thumbs up from my wife. My wife said, I think that's good. And then the confirmation comes. Kelly says, you know what? She says, you know what Judah's Bible reading was last night? I said, what? She says, worry. And I was like, man, we've got it. We've nailed it. So worry it is today. Amen. And so, again, those words, don't worry, be happy, it's, it's easier said than done, isn't it? When Jesus lived and ministered on this earth, everywhere he went, lots of people went too. The Bible speaks of crowds that surrounded him. In fact, in the King James or the New King James, the word is that the crowds thronged him. That word throng is what would happen in a wine press as someone would crush out the grapes. That there was such a crush of people. Everyone was doing everything they could to get to Jesus. They loved just being near him. The old and the young. All kinds of people. The sick and the well. The happy, the sad. And even worried people. Because worry was a big issue that many of them faced that day. And still an issue that we face today. Because they were worried about a lot of things. They were worried, well, what if we don't have enough food? What if I don't have clothing to wear? I hope that's not a worry that you have. But suppose we run out of money. What if there isn't enough and everything goes wrong? Then I won't be all right. What then? Does it sound familiar? Worry, worry, worry. Jesus saw their need and he heard their concerns. And here's what I love about Jesus. He didn't say, I'll catch you later. Jesus sat down in the midst of them. And he began to talk with them and he began to share with them. And this is what's called the Sermon on the Mount. And we can see this in Matthew chapter 6, 7 and 8. And we can read through that. 
But beginning in verse 25, Jesus says to them these words, Therefore I say to you, do not worry. Do not worry. If Jesus says for us not to worry, then it's possible for us not to worry. He's not saying something that's not possible. Now, it's hard to do, and we cannot do it in our own strength, but with Christ's help, we can do it. He says, don't worry about your life and what you will eat and drink. Don't worry about your body, what you wear, for is not life. I thought about that. Is not life. What does worry attack? It attacks the quality of my life. It takes my sleep, it takes things away, it attacks the quality of my life. He said, is not the life more than food and the body more than clothing? What does he say? Your life and your body. That's the two main areas of attack that worry and stress will destroy. We never know the effects that stress will have upon our bodies. But I'm telling you right now, it it has a big effect. You can lay in bed and begin to worry about a headache and the next thing, you, 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 you know what I'm saying? It can affect your life. And here's what I want to do today. I, I get some of the greatest messages. I'll just be honest with you. I get some of the greatest messages reading my kids' story Bibles every night. So I'm just going to read Judah's Bible for you today. I had to copy the pages because I would get in trouble if I took it here and forgot to bring it back home. You know what I'm talking about? So we're going to read Judah's story Bible today, and we're going to read Matthew 6. We're going to read the story of worry, I think, from a great perspective today. Is that cool? It says, when Jesus saw all the people, his heart was filled with love for them. They were like a flock of sheep that did not have a shepherd to take care of them. So Jesus sat down with them all, and he talked to them, and he said, the people sat quietly on the grassy mountainside, and they listened. From where they sat, they could see the blue lake that glistened below them and the little fishing boats coming in from the night's catch. The spring air was fresh and clear. See those birds over there, Jesus said, and everyone looked. Little sparrows were pecking at seeds along the stony paths. Where do they get their food? Perhaps they have pantries all stocked up, cabinets full of food. Everyone laughed. Who's ever seen a bird with a bag of groceries? No, Jesus says, they don't need to worry about that because God knows what they need and he's the one that feeds them. And what about these wild flowers? And everyone looked. All around them were flowers growing, daisies and pure white lilies. Where do they get their lovely clothes? Do they make them? Or do they go to work every day so they can buy them? Do they have closets full of clothes? Everyone laughed again. Whoever has seen a flower put on a dress? No, Jesus said. They don't need to worry about that. Because God clothes them in royal robes of splendor. Not even a king is that well dressed. They had never met a king, but they gazed out over the lake, glittering and sparkling below them. The hillsides dressed in reds, purples and gold, LSU. They felt a great burden lift from their hearts. They could not imagine anything more beautiful. Little flock, Jesus said, you are more important than these birds. You are more important than these flowers. The birds and the flowers don't sit and worry about things. And God doesn't want his children to worry either. God loves you or God loves to look after the birds and the flowers. And God loves to look after and take care 
of you too. Wow, how beautiful and how true. So why do we worry? Listen to the scripture from Matthew 6.33. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness to try and understand, come on, how much his love and desire is to take care of. That's his ability. Seek God and know who he is. And all these things will be added to your life. God wants to add to your life. Worry wants to subtract and take from your life. Christians are expected to have great faith and trust a great God, aren't we? So worry isn't supposed to be part of our lives. And when we worry, we kind of feel ashamed of it. We feel like many times we're a spiritual failure. Have you ever been there? And it's amazing. We tell ourselves and we know we shouldn't worry, but we still worry. And even when everything's going well, (laughs) we get worried because everything is going well. And then we begin to wonder, I wonder when bad things and what's going to happen next. So today I want to talk about worry, but here's what I want to do. I want to break this message into two parts. The first part I want to talk about is what I cannot change. There are certain things in my life that are out of my control that I have to trust God with. That I can't change circumstances and I can't change the heart of someone. I, I can't control the weather. There's certain things in my life I cannot control. But then the second part of the message we're going to talk about is things that I can change. Because I believe there are responsibilities that we have that we sit and worry about where we need to take action and begin to do something. So the first part of the message is what I cannot change. What I cannot change. You may be sitting here today and kind of arguing and and saying, man, what's the big deal? I mean, it's not really a big deal to worry. And why is that? Because we understand it's a battle that we all face. And so it's easier many times to excuse and accept as just normal everyday living. But that's not what Jesus said. Jesus says, do not worry. And in fact, in that passage, he says it twice. If Jesus says something once, that's important. But if he's saying it twice, you better stop and take note and realize why it's there. Because it actually is really a big deal. Because not only is worry not good, it does a lot of harm. It hurts our bodies. It hurts our relationships. And perhaps most importantly, it hurts our relationship and our faith with God. You see, worry is a problem. And worse than that, worry is actually a sin. It's a sin. It's a sin. Look at this, a great definition of worry, and it's part of the title of the message today. But worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. Oh, we can excuse it, but it's a sin. Because when we worry, we are distrusting God. We're saying, God, I don't believe your promises. I don't think your power is able to meet my every need. Because when we worry with my words and my thoughts and my actions and my attitude, I'm really telling God this. Are you ready? I don't trust you. Oh, pastor, that's not true. I'm just worrying. No, you're telling God that he cannot handle that situation and you cannot trust him with that situation. Come on, we want to believe that God is all powerful. There's a word for that, omnipotent. God is all powerful. We want to believe that God is ever present, omnipresent, everywhere at one time. We want to believe that God is all knowing, omniscient. We want to believe that because that's who he is. But guess what? Our worry tells a different story. And our worry tells others around us that he cannot handle my life, nor can he control and handle the circumstances around it. 
unchecked worry will have nothing but a detrimental effect on your life and the world around you. Listen to this by Craig Rochelle. It's a book that he's written called The Confessions of a Pastor. And in that book it says this, If you worry about your spouse's fidelity, your very attitude is almost certain to cause a marital conflict. If you worry about your kid's safety, it may hurt your own health. If you are consumed with worry about your future, you may miss out on living today. Most of all, if you continue to live gripped by worry, you'll miss the glory of knowing and trusting God's goodness. So, so how do I do it, Pastor? How do I not worry? We've got to begin to trust God. You see, God wants us to trust Him because as our faith expands, guess what happens to worry? It begins to shrink. Pastor Pete says, as I decrease, God has to increase as I get out of the way. So as I get worry out of the way, I can allow faith to take its place and faith can begin to grow. And I want to look deeper at that today. I want to break down the first part of this message into three points. What I cannot do, but yet I still worry about. Here's the first point. You've got to quit the what ifs. Come on, we've all played that game. What if? What if? We've all lived there. Well, what if this happens? What if that? But what if, Pastor? Here's my answer. God. You can put whatever but what if or whatever in there, and I'm going to say God. But what if I lose my job? God is still your provider. But what if I get sick? God is still your healer. But, but what if I'm depressed? God says, I'm your peace that passes all understanding. You see how the enemy wants us consumed with the what ifs, but the answer is God every time. God is able to heal you if you get sick, lose your job. If you've got family issues, God is able. But we've got to watch the focus of our minds. And let me explain that to you today. Jesus one day sat down with his disciples and he began to teach them. You can read this in the whole chapter of Luke 21. And Jesus warns his disciples of something. He says to them, you're going to have some hardships in life. Can I just add something to this message? Look at me right now. If someone tells you, give your life to Christ and you'll never have another problem, they lied to you. I just want you to know that. It's not a solve every problem life. You're still going to have troubles. You're still going to have struggles. But you possess something now. And you have the answer. And you have Jesus. So no matter the struggle or the opposition, you have the answer, Jesus, that we read of in the Word of God. He's your way of escape. He can help you through that. So Jesus told them in Luke 21, he said, man, there's going to be false prophets. There's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be famines. There's going to be pestilence. There's going to be wars. That's quite a list right there. And he wasn't finished yet because he said, P.S. You're going to have to suffer and be persecuted for being a Christian, a Christ follower. Now I'm reading stuff like this and I'm kind of thinking that's plenty stuff to worry about. I'm getting worried about it just reading that. Agreed? But look what Jesus taught them in verse 14. He says, but make up your mind not to worry when. Before it happens. 
Don't wait till that circumstance comes before you begin. You've got to make your mind up beforehand how you will defend yourselves. You've got to make your mind up before. You've got to decide ahead of time before anything happens. You've got to make a decision. I'm not going to worry about these things anymore. Come on, whatever may happen, the doctor may call me with a bad report. I'm telling you, even if that doctor calls, I'm not going to worry about that. You've got to make a decision in your mind that you will not dwell on what could go wrong, but rather you're going to trust God. Listen to this story. I heard a story about a young woman who was a chronic worrier. She worried about the weather. She worried about her family. She worried when there was even nothing to worry about. This warrior, however, had a wise father who finally said to her, Daughter, would you come over this afternoon and we'll sit together for an hour and just worry. (laughs) Without thinking, the daughter blurted out, That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Sitting around for an hour worrying don't do any good. Maybe you need to hear yourself today. Worry will never change anything for good. So why should we worry and waste our lives doing something so useless? Matthew 6, 27, Jesus says, Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? One translation says, Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? But I'm telling you this, watch, you cannot add anything, but you can sure take away plenty of hours and sleepless nights and times when you are frantic. And cannot make it. You see, when we, are worrying, when we worry, we are actually playing into the plan of our spiritual enemy, the devil. Because he uses worry as a tool of fear to distract us from God's best. Fear and worry are like a scarecrow. I remember growing up in England, this was something prominently that we would see. We had a lot of people who had a lot of fruit gardens in England. And also in the fields, you would see that they would place a scarecrow in the middle of their garden or their field. It was just two sticks kind of crossed with a little hat on and just a a little jacket or something. And all it would do is in the wind, it would just flap. It would just flap. That's all it would do. It would just flap. But guess what happened? The birds, every time the wind would flap it, the birds would take off and fly. But here's the reality. Are you ready today? A scarecrow couldn't do any harm. Couldn't do physically anything to those birds. It had the appearance of, but it physically couldn't move. It physically couldn't hurt them in any way. But the birds didn't know it. So they would fly away. In Jeremiah chapter, six and, uh, chapter 10 and verse 6, Jeremiah is talking about a comparison of idols and a true God. And he talks about how the enemy's greatest threats, he says this in verse 6, the enemy's greatest threats are like a scarecrow in a cucumber field. Their idols cannot speak. They must be carried. They have to be placed because they cannot walk. But what does he say? Do not fear them because they can do you No harm, nor can they do you any good. Think about this. Are you ready? Picture this. Scarecrows in a field can't do nothing. They move and shake with the wind. The birds take off. If the birds really realized what was happening and really figured it out, they would realize where the scarecrow was placed. That was a tip-off for the location of the best corn. You know what I'm talking about? 
And so us in our lives, worry keeps us from God's best. It can't do anything and it can't, you know what I'm saying? But it keeps us from God's best. It scares us away. So you've got to decide ahead of time. I'm not going to worry. And when you begin to worry, that's the alarm clock. That you've got to start praying because you've got to give it to God. Whenever you start to worry, eh, 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 be an alarm clock and say, hold on, I'm going to pray. So here's the next point. Are you ready? Don't just stop worrying. Replace that thought. You've got to fill the void with truth. They say to meditate. Meditate isn't emptying your mind of stuff. Meditation is emptying your mind of the bad so you can replace it with the good. We need the truth of God. It's not enough to say, well, I'm just not going to worry. I've got to fill that void that worry wants to consume and take with that which is true. Come on. I've first got to learn to take my mind off the negative things. Yes. But I've also got to learn to put my mind on something else. What is that? God's promises. God's Word. You need to read God's Word so you know God's Word. Because God's Word has the answer to every problem that you could ever face. If you're going through problems with your kids right now, God's Word says, I will defend your family and I will rescue your kids. If you're going through problems in your life and you're sick, God says, I am your healer. Come on, by my stripes you are healed. Come on, I could preach this today, but you've got to replace the fear. You've got to replace the worry with the truth of God's words. Those wrongful and fearful and condemning thoughts must be replaced with God's faithfulness. Let me give you an example. I read this story this week of extreme skiers. These are the type of people who are absolutely crazy and wild. They don't just go down a regular slope that's been groomed and prepared and the obstacles removed. These are guys that are taken up in helicopters. Anyone ever seen those? Taken up to remote locations and they are dropped out of helicopters to ungroomed slopes where there's trees and there's rocks and there's everything and they ski all the way down. They interviewed one particular skier one day. Her name was Kim. And they said to her, how do you stop from crashing? And I love the answer. Look what she says. I look for the spaces between the trees. Instead of looking at the trees and the rocks that she didn't want to hit... She aimed her eyes where she wanted to go. Come on, away from the danger and towards the safety and success. There's always going to be something negative that you can find if you're looking for it. There's always going to be a problem out there if you're looking for it. But if you're looking at it, guess where you're heading? right at it. It's your focus. It's in your control. You've got to take your eyes off your problem and you've got to look at the gap between the trees. You've got to look where you want to go. That's a life-changing truth there. Look at this. Stop looking at the problems or for a problem, but instead look to the solution. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Because that's where I'll see God's promises of security, blessing, protection, provision, guidance, wisdom, and love. So ask yourself this question today. You ready? What do you think your doubts does to God's heart? 
What do you think your doubt is doing to God's heart right now? When you worry, when you don't take God at his word, when you distrust his power and his promises, when we worry instead of believing him, how do you think that makes God feel? Oh, but pastor, it's only worry. Exactly. And guess what? It's probably breaking his heart. It's definitely destroying your life. I love this quote, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. And the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. Worry will bring turmoil. Faith brings peace. Worry takes you from God. Faith draws you to God. Worry changes nothing for the good, but faith moves God's heart and can change everything for the better. You've got to decide before, I'm going to trust God. You've got to decide before, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to allow these things to consume me. I'm going to have that as an alarm clock and I'm going to pray. Because I'm telling you, when you begin to pray and believe like that and you say, I'm not going to worry, it changes the way you pray too. Just want you to know that. Instead of praying in desperation, you're praying with confidence. Hello? Instead of, God, help me! You're saying, God, I know you're my help and you're my strength. It changes your prayer. See what I'm saying? I'm telling you, some of us need some change in our prayers. We need to change in our prayers and believe God. But we don't only say, I'm not going to worry. We've got to now train our minds to focus on God's promises. I've got to replace the wrong with the right. If you want a scripture for this, this scripture will blow you away. Are you ready? Isaiah 26, verse 3. God says, I will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. God says, I'll keep you in perfect peace if you put your mind on me, if you stay your mind on me, if you fix on me, if you are steadfast, there is perfect peace. Man, I want the perfect peace of God. I don't want a mind that's here, there and everywhere. I want a mind that is fixed on God. Here's the last point of part one. You got to hand them over to God. So you've got to decide beforehand and quit the what-ifs. Second thing, you've got to replace the wrong, but then you've got to hand it. You've got to give it. You've got to surrender it to God. In other words, give it and don't take it back. 1 Peter 5, 7 says you've got to cast all your care. Everything. God says, give me everything. Give me everything. I know what it is sometimes when my kids are... Uh, uh, helping us with the grocery sometimes and you give them a couple of bags and they say, I can take some more. You take some more, take some more, take some more, take some more. That's how it is with God. I think we give them a bag and think that's enough. God says, man, keep loading me up. Come on, what problems and concerns do you have? I can handle it. I've got this. I can take care of it. Give it to me. Give it to me. Get it out of your hands. Give it to me. Give me your worries, another translation says, and your cares. Because I care about you. That word care there, look at this. The word care there is from two words. The first word in the Greek is merero. It means to divide. And the second word is noose. It means the mind. Give all your care. Give all that which wants to divide your mind. To cause confusion. Come on, it denotes being distracted, burdened, and worried. God said, I haven't given you the spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Worry wants to divide your mind. 
A divided mind, James says, is going to be unstable in all his ways. Come on, if you have minds and your thoughts are wishy-washy, your life's going to be wishy-washy. But you know what also it means? It means to be anxious beforehand. Man, we just talked about that. God says, I want you to give me your problems before you even realize maybe they are a problem. Give me your kids. Give me your finances. Give me your health. Give me your future before you get the doctor's report or the principal calls you up. Give me those things first. And you know what the picture is, Jim? Here's the picture of that word, give me your cares. It's like someone standing on the side of a lake and having a rock in their hand and taking that rock and throwing it as far as they can into the middle of the lake. And even if they wanted to, they could never find that rock again. That's what God says. I want you to give me my cares. God says, just throw it out there. So you can't even recover it again if you wanted to. Give me your cares. Give me your concerns. Which is easier said than done, I know. Because it's amazing how many times we pray. And we say, God, I know you can do anything. So I give the problems to you and I trust that you can handle it. Then five minutes later, I'm worrying about it again. And I'm trying to manipulate the situation. Come on, I'm preaching greater than you're responding today. Come on, I'm giving it to God. And then moments later, I'm trying to manipulate the situation and work it. And I'm trying to handle it. But here's something you've got to realize. Are you ready? You're not in control and you never have been. That's liberating right there. But God is in control. So why do we try to exercise power that has never been yours in the first place? We try to control the situations, manipulate, handle, deal with the situations where we need to get our hands out and trust God. And believe that God is able. We need to fully trust Him. And when we do, we'll discover amazing comfort. Because God never panics and says, man, I never saw that one coming. Aren't you glad that God's not in heaven going, oh my, well, God, that's me. Oh my me. Oh my me. What are we going to do? The angels ain't coming up to God and saying, man, there's a need. And he's like, man, that's bigger than I can handle. Do you get the picture today? God's not saying, what are we going to do now? God already knows and he can control and he can handle it. He can take care of it. So pastor, do you think we can ever get completely there where we're totally free from worry? I'm not sure if that's humanly possible. I don't want to be negative, but I don't think that's humanly possible. But I believe that we can get to a place where we begin to recognize our sin, because that's what worry is. That we begin to recognize our sin quicker and we begin to do something about it when we stop worrying and saying, hold on a second, that's the alarm clock, I'm going to pray, I'm going to give it to God, I'm going to surrender, and I'm not going to take it back. Come on, that we can take it, that we can leave it with God, we can surrender it and we can... Ask God to do something. I want to give you an illustration today, and I think this may help you. I think it would be great for every one of you to get a box. This is just like a little shoe box I had at home. And I put worry, the sin of distrusting God. I put First Peter 5, 7, casting all your cares. God, you can handle it. I put trust, I trust you with it. But this is what we're going to call the trusting God box. And I think this is going to be a great lesson for every one of us because what we do is we get some pieces of paper and we get a pen and whatever we may be worrying about, we write it down. 
worrying about my finances. God, I'm trusting you with it. My kids. So what I'm doing is this. I'm putting it in the box that says trust in God. And I'm saying, God, now that's your property. God, you're now responsible for that. God, it's yours. It never was mine. It's yours. And then what you have to do is you have to walk away from it and not worry about it anymore. Now catch this. Are you ready? The moment you start worrying about your kids, you've got to go over to the box. You've got to find your kids and you've got to take it out. Because when you begin to worry about your kids, you ain't trusting God with them anymore. You're saying, God, you can't handle it. And you've got to take it and you've got to hold it. And you go through the day holding on to your kids and saying, God, I'm worried about my... Just, just tell me how that's going in your life. Just tell me how, it's, how you're doing. You see, we've got to give it to God. I'm telling you, I wish I had a box for everyone, but you can find a little box. Some of you get five boxes a day from Amazon. You know what I'm talking about. You, you can use one of those big bad boys too, because you've probably got a lot of things you're worrying about. But all seriousness, man, if you're going to trust God with it, you've got to leave it in there. And if you're choosing to worry about it, then you get it out again and you grab a hold of it. Because it can't be in two places... Here's the last part of the message. I've got two and a half minutes. What I can change. What I can't change, the what ifs. I replace the thoughts. I give it to God. But what I can change. You see, because I want to shift from the worries we can't do anything about to the ones where the solution lies at least partially in our hands. Now, we don't stop trusting God for these either, nor do we stop praying about them. But God has entrusted responsibility to us, and He wants us to take action. You see, that's what we've got to do. With the things that we can control, we've got to take action. You've got to take action today, and let me show you what you mean, I mean. If you're worried about money, you've got to start dealing with your debt. Come on, I'm preaching louder than you're responding today. You've you got to do some plastic surgery, and I'm not talking about getting the wrinkles and the crow's feet or whatever taken and everything pushed and pulled and whatever. I'm talking about cut some credit cards up, plastic surgery, you know? You've got to do something. I'm so glad that we've got small groups in the fall semester that are going to be able to help you. Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace. What a great tool. But you know what? We turn around and say, oh, my money, my money, and we don't sleep and we don't sleep, but we're out of control with our spending. We can do something about it. Come on, if you don't have a job and if you don't have income today, you're probably worried you're not going to pay your bills. Do something about it. Get a resume. Get a newspaper. Do they even have those anymore? You know what I'm talking about? Go out looking for a job. Apply for jobs. I have people all the time saying to me, Pastor, I just haven't got a job. Well, how's it going with you looking? Well, I haven't looked yet. Well, that's probably why you haven't got a job. Just saying, just saying, just help you out. Just trying to hook you up. But you know what else you need to do if you want a job? Put some deodorant on. Fix yourself up. Clean yourself up. Come on, I'm just being nice to you today. Make yourself presentable because you can worry about something. You can do something 
about. And if you are doing everything about it, then you just leave it in the box with God and just trust God with that. Come on, if you're worried about someone exposing a secret sin in your life, do something about it. Come on, repent, stop it. Come clean. Get help, get the support you need. If you're worried about your weight, you know I was going to go there. Put down the fork. Come on, I'm not trying to be unkind. You've got to discipline your life. You've got to discipline yourself with what you eat. You've got to exercise. Oh, we've got some small groups for that too. How cool is church? Everything you want. You could have lost five pounds today in praise and worship by just praising God in the house. You could have done some star jumps and some stuff. could have done some stuff. Maybe even, maybe even plank during worship. I mean, just do something in church. You know what I'm saying? Do something in church. Huh? And I know we're joking about it and we could go on and on and on because there's many things that we're worried about and we have the ability to make the change. We've just got to make the decision. We've got to just choose. We've got to make that determine. We've got to determine that we want freedom more than we want worry. Some of us, I think, it's not even in my notes, but I'm going to go there. I think some of us like to worry so we can get sympathy from other people. You think you're getting sympathy. They're just trying to avoid you like the plague. I'm just uh, Do something about it. What's waiting on you to do something about it? Take action. Do it. Do it with God's wisdom and power. Look at this statement. Don't wait for God to do something He's waiting on you to do. Well, I'm just believing for God to help me with this. Well, God's maybe saying, well, I've already given you the strength. I'm just waiting on you. And then like the pedals of the bike, we can do it together, God says. But so many times we want God to do everything for us. And we're not prepared to do anything ourselves. Look at James 2.26 says, Just as the body is dead without breath, so faith is dead without good works. My body's dead if I don't breathe. And my faith, my relationship with God is useless unless what? I've got works of that faith that I'm doing something, that there's action in my life. Come on, a Christian life is not just a bump on the log. A Christian life is serving God, living for God. As pastor said, putting God in the center and everything else around it being a blur because he's the focus of everything. I've got to bring this to a close today. I'm out of time. Where's Michael? He normally comes and helps me out. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasseth all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Look at me today. Paul wrote this. When Paul wrote these words, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer, give it to God and experience his peace. I'm telling you, he didn't write it from the beach in Hawaii. Paul didn't write this from the mountains in Colorado. Paul wrote this from the dungeon of a Roman prison while he was awaiting his possible execution. 
talk about being in a place where you could get angry with God and you could start saying, God, I've served you and this is where I'm at. Talk about getting to a place where you can be distrusting God and, and you can be at all and, and allowing bitterness and resentment and hatred and everything to come. But let's read it again, this time thinking of that thought where he wrote this to us from. And from another translation, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which what exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds. Have you live in Christ Jesus? I need God to guard me because I want to grab these things back. I want to take control. But listen, the control is not mine even in the first place. And the sooner I release those things and give them to God, the sooner the peace of God can come into my heart and peace can begin to flood me. I've got to give it to Him. I've got to let Him be in control. Are you ready? We've got to pray about everything. Worry about nothing. Take it to Him. Leave it with Him. He's your Father and He's a Father like no other that we know on this earth. Last screen again. Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God for your life. Would you bow your heads in this place today? There's actually one thing as your heads are bowed that we can worry about. It's actually one thing today that we need to be worried and concerned about. But again, we don't have to leave here with that worry. Because we can find Jesus right now. Because I would be worried for you if you don't know Jesus. We're not promised tomorrow, but we have today. We have the opportunity right now. And even to that worry, wow, I don't have Jesus in my life. Jesus is still the answer. He's the answer to every worry that we could ever have. I wonder if there's anyone in this place as every head is bowed and eyes closed today that you would say, you know what, Pastor? I don't know Jesus. I'm worried that I'm not right with God and I want that assurance of God in my life. Maybe for the first time or to rededicate your life. And it's not that you have to get saved every week. Because we all mess up when we all stumble. But you know what? If you know that you are living a life separated from God, and you need to make it right with God, you don't have to worry about that any longer. Because you can have assurance, the Bible says, that you know that you are in Christ. I wonder today if there's anyone that would lift up your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Thank you. There's a hand that's gone up. There's another hand that's gone up. There's another hand that's gone up. There's another hand. There's another hand. There's other hands that's going up. Can we all stand to our feet today? Those of you who lifted up your hand, come on, just begin to make it to the front right now. We're going to welcome you all the way to the front. Come on, we're welcoming you all the way to the front. Come on, we're proud of you. We're proud of you. Come on, push down. Push down. Come on, we're proud of you. 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 Come on. Come on, keep coming. Keep coming. Keep coming. We'll wait all day. We'll wait all day. 
I love to see tears. You know that? I love to see tears and people coming to Christ. If our team could just come in behind them right now. We're just going to pray for them and just going to believe God right now. God's going to intervene. God's going to undertake. God's going to just do infinitely more. Pete, if you could come in here, that'd be great. Come on, we're just going to pray. There you go, Stephen. Help us out. Fantastic. Fantastic. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. But you can have that blessed assurance that Jesus is yours right now. That peace, that strength that God gives to our lives. I'm so thankful today that Jesus is my answer. Jesus is my answer. As these have responded today, I wonder how many other people in the house today would just wave at me and say, Pastor, I needed to hear that today. Come on, I needed to hear that. I wonder how many people said, I'm going to go home and get me a box like that. Come on. I'm going to get me a box like that. Because I'm going to start trusting God with my whole life. Because worry is the sin of distrusting God. And I'm going to believe His promises. If you would, we're going to pray for these that have come forward first. And then we're going to pray for you. And before we dismiss the service today, we're just going to worship for a few moments. Is that cool? Because you know what worship is? Worship is when we take our focus off of us and put it on Jesus. And so worship is when we begin to praise Him for who He is. We begin to sing about how great He is. We're going to talk about when everything fades away and we're just going to say, give me you, Jesus. We're just going to worship Jesus in the house. So don't rush away because I think this could perhaps be the most important time of the message today for your life and for your future. But come on, would we pray with these that have come forward today? Everyone in the house, would you pray this prayer with them and believe it from your heart today? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I don't want to be worried and concerned any longer because I can know that I'm your child. And dear Jesus, right now, I give you my life. I surrender everything to you. From this day forward and forevermore, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to honor you. You're going to be my God. And dear Jesus, I give you everything. Thank you, Jesus. For loving me, my worry is gone, and I have blessed assurance. I love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.